Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Let's check in with Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. Kevin, one game is one game, but compared with the other two games in which Nick Smith Jr. played in, that felt like normal on Saturday against Florida when Nick played 32 minutes. But to me, the chemistry was altogether differently. I don't know if it's because Nick started or whatever it may have been, but bottom line, that looked like a team on Saturday against the Florida Gators. Well, I mean, you, you know, if you go back to the previous two games, he didn't check in until about the 12-minute mark against Mississippi State. And he didn't play very much in that first half. And Arkansas was down, falling. There was a run to start the second half. Mississippi State went up by double digits, and then Smith checked in. And they actually, Arkansas actually played well from that point on. He got 13 minutes in that second half and was had a box score plus three, but they whittled that 16-point deficit down to three with just over a minute left. Now, they did lose. The second game on the road at A&M, he plays four first-half minutes and had no impact, good or bad, in that game. He didn't see the court again. So I think it was a combination of him starting and then Nelsonman going with him. And, and, you know, I've been saying for a while he was coming back, and then the best thing after that, would be the a fast track, not necessarily the first game back, but a fast track to get him back in the regular rotation in a, in a starting role. Uh, now we'll see how things play out. That was a Florida team that came in just after losing Colin Castleton in a win against Ole Miss a few days before, and that guy meant as much to that team as Jalen Williams did to Arkansas last year. Just a, a player that does a little bit of everything at both ends, and so. You know, we need to see what happens moving forward. But for one game, uh, Randy, I thought Arkansas's flow on offense, its pace and transition. I mean, Nick Smith scored in transition three times. Um, and I, I thought the pace was brisker. I thought the ball moved better. I thought the driving lanes were cleaner. And I thought I continue to see when he's on the court, he's the only Razorback that consistently creates open shots for himself and others. You know, a guy like Anthony Black creates shots for others, but not necessarily himself. It's tough for Anthony. He's got to get downhill, and there's a lot of contact. Um, and, and I, you know, Ricky Council's also, Devo Davis, we talk about all the time, when they're not settling for threes, it's not been easy for those guys to get clear driving lanes and not be not dealing with two or three defenders closing. Nick creates open shots. Now, he hasn't knocked them all down efficiently yet, but he was 4 of 8 from inside the arc um, against Florida, 50% there. He was 0-4 from 3. Uh, he made both of his free throws, and those were and ones. And then he had a couple of steals and, other, and some deflections. But I just thought when he was in transition bringing the ball up, you could Arkansas looked better. The best it's looked to me in transition. Uh, and then Arkansas as a team just dominated every aspect of that game. And there wasn't an area where Arkansas wasn't in control. I think, you know, Florida was down six at halftime just living at the free throw line, and then Arkansas blew the doors off early in that second half. And Nick Smith was a big part of it. We know Jalen Graham had a, a career night and looked really good. Offense you know, running through him a lot. I thought Makai Mitchell's efficiency, 
10 points, 10 rebounds, two blocks in 20 minutes. He was a box score plus 27. Um, and then Ricky Council and Anthony Black both had good games. So I think we saw front line and backcourt things open up probably better than it has all conference season, even with that game at Kentucky, because I think there were more, there was more balance in that front court and backcourt uh, than we've seen in a while. And I think Nick Smith Jr. being back and what he brings to the table had a, a, a lot to do with it. Think Graham will play more than five minutes tonight? Only being facetious. I'm only being facetious. I said, do you think Graham will play more than five minutes? His history has been after he has a big game, they don't play him much the next game. So (laughs) I I hope this means he's permanently entrenched in getting minutes because the guy does score. Yeah, Rick, you know, it's interesting because I brought up the Castleton factor. He averaged three blocks a game. Florida coming into that game was one of the top rim-protecting teams in the country because of his three blocks. Right. basically double their block, shot blocks per game. And you take him out, his savvy, his know-how, his length, his size, and it, and it was a slow front line when you saw Jatobo, a player that Arkansas recruited in a previous coaching staff, you know, a couple, you know, a few years back. But he was no match for Graham's quickness, his spin moves, and, and Graham does a good job using patience to back his man down uh, and, and figure out how he's going to finish, turning left or right, and he'll use his pivot foot. Uh, he's an above-the-rim guy, so when he's cutting and gets a pass or gets a putback, he can dunk it. You know, he's not uh, a below-the-rim kind of player either. So, he, you know, he's – and then he rebounded. He had seven rebounds, two blocks. Mm-hmm. He was better mm-hmm. defensively. And I think, you know, some of the turnover issues with him, his lack of getting on the glass at times, and then some of the lapses on defense that creates breakdowns, I think those are reasons why he's, his playing time's been sporadic. Offensively? He's Arkansas's best threat on that front line since the loss of Trevor Brazil, though, and you're right about that. I was going to ask you, Kevin, can you build me a um, box score for Jalen Graham? I'll give you the one as an example if you need it as a template. Play 26 minutes, 59 seconds, 12 of 15 from the floor. He did miss his one and only three-point attempt. He was two or three from the free throw line. You mentioned the seven rebounds. Uh, he had one assist. He had two turnovers and two block shots, plus ten. So, build me a storyline. Rick was teasing. Will he play more than four minutes tonight? Build me a line score for Jalen Graham tonight. Yeah, you know, Mussman, I'd I, I, I just be guessing. I don't know. I mean, he's had good games before, and then he's he's come out and, and, and not looked real good, and, and Musman's just kind of put him back on the bench and left him there. So I really don't know. How, you know, Musman likes to say every game's a new matchup, and I do know that Georgia's not a very good rim protecting. You know, there's not a lot of rim protection there. They do have size on their front line. Uh, I tend to think Graham's quicker than most front line players. Uh, we'll need to see how that matchup plays out. But if, if you put him in and leave him in there, even on an off night where he might be having some turnovers and not giving you much on defense or on the glass, if you leave in the, him in there long enough, guys, he's going to score. That's, that will happen. Uh, we just need to see if, if Musman wants to you know, stay on a path with what happened against Florida. But, again, a different matchup. This is a deep team, by the way. This one, Georgia is not afraid to play nine or ten players. And, and you know, they got multiple players playing more than 15 minutes and only one, I think, playing 30 or more. So they will go deep, and they've got a lot of size in their front line. 
Uh, but Graham's been effective against other front liners that he's got a quickness advantage because he throws those spin moves and changes direction off his pivot uh, at him, and then he gets the ball up quick. So, you know, we'll just have to see what he does when he gets a chance. I think the clear thing now is at some point he's coming in uh, in most cases. What he does with that remains to be seen. And because of that, I don't want to project or predict a, a, a stat line. I hope he didn't give up a lay after the first minute he's in. Otherwise, exactly. That's it for, that's it for him. <laughs> Come over here, Jalen. Come over here. Can you at least give uh, him possession to get the two points back? <laughs> but, guys, sometimes it's not just about what his man does. If he gets out of yeah. position or he doesn't rotate correctly, right. a lot of other things break down. And sometimes unseen when we think someone else was at fault. Right. But guys are not in the right position. He's often been someone who gets aloof at times. I've been at games where he just didn't even hustle back in transition, and it cost Arkansas. So it's really up to him to do what's asked of him. You know, some of the stuff is not about your talent level. It's about effort and being locked in. And so he can look amazing sometimes offensively. And we've seen others for Arkansas make mistakes on defense and have breakdowns, and they get to continue to play. But the difference is there's a difference between a bust that's an honest mistake in a guy that continually has stretches of lack of effort. Now, I don't want to pick on him because he's done some really good things at Arkansas and helped them win some games. But those are things that have, I've noticed, and I'm not a coach. Eric Mussman, you know, he expects a lot. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what he does. But it was great to see him play as well as he did at both ends. That was encouraging. Yes, definitely. Well, we were going to check in with Bill, but a Bill apparently could not wait. Um, I didn't notice anything different with Jordan Walsh. Uh, Jordan started both the first and the second half, but he had only played 12 minutes and 40 seconds. Kev, do you know if he wasn't feeling well or was something going on with Jordan Walsh? I don't know any information like that. I know when Arkansas had that 17-2 to run to start the second half, he hit a three. I think that was the first basket of the second half. And then he also had a yeah. – he cut to the basket really sharply, and, and, and Anthony Black hit him with a pass, and he dunked it. And he So he had five points in that big run and was a big part of that. Right. Uh, so he helped the team. You know, I, I think, you know, just my recollection was he did – he did get beat off the bounce a few times, he, he, um, and, and, and I think maybe Mussman wanted to, because, because Florida was really relying more on guards and with no Castleton, he wanted to maintain some kind of quickness advantage where uh, going a little bit smaller at times uh, with more backcourt players than, um, than having Walsh up there. And because Graham was so effective, he could play a lot with Mekhi Mitchell uh, and really exposed the defenses with smaller defenders in ways that Walsh wouldn't be able to do. So I think it was a combination of things there. Is this somewhat, I think, what we're looking at now in regards to the rotation? Uh, I don't think Jordan Walsh will play 12 minutes and 40 seconds uh, each and every game going forward. Makai Mitchell had 20 minutes. Anthony Black, 35-23. Nick Smith, Jr., 30 minutes, four, uh, 31 minutes, 40 seconds. Devontae, because of those foul problems, and just really, um, 
I don't know what happened to Devontae. He only attempted one shot, one shot, had just one rebound, ended up playing 23 minutes and five seconds. And then Ricky Council, who actually was the first player off the bench, the sixth man, 32 minutes, 38 seconds, and then back to Jalen Graham. Jalen had 26 minutes, 59 seconds. I think that's the player that we're not expecting Graham right now to chew up those kind of minutes. But it looks like, uh, Kevin, for all practical purposes, you can kind of draw a line under Mikael Mitchell, and that's the team that is going to be taking the floor on a consistent basis, I think, for the rest of the season for the Arkansas Razorbacks. Well, again, with Graham, we'll see. I think Walsh's minutes are in flux. You know, Devo has had games this year uh, going. I remember he's had multiple games earlier in the year where he only took one shot or no shot. Uh, that wasn't the first time, and so it wasn't his night. He did pick up some fouls. He had that flagrant one. Kevin, we need to take off. a break. We got, we've got. we actually okay, got a go. commercial playing. Right. Hang tight. Drive time sports will continue. Again, joined again by Rick Schaefer. I'm Randy Rainwater. And Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. Kev, things sure seem to be quiet on the recruiting front. What is going on with recruiting right now for Arkansas basketball? Well, it, it, it is, it, you know, it is a little bit quiet. Uh, Arkansas, of course, signed two players, two five-stars in the 2023 early signing period back in November, Bayfall and, and, and Layden Blocker. Um, now, this is an interesting development. Arkansas will have an official visitor in, national top 25 player, a five-star for 2024, Trenton Flowers, the 6'8 uh, guard, combo guard at a Combine Academy in North Carolina. Uh, this is interesting because Arkansas doesn't typically have official visitors in during their junior year. Uh, even though they can take five official visits as juniors, players can, in addition to five more seniors, Arkansas typically doesn't do that. Uh, but, but the weekend of March 3rd through the 5th, so that's coming right up, and Arkansas hosts Kentucky on that Saturday, March 4th, in the regular season finale. finale. But Trenton Flowers uh, will be on on an official visit to Arkansas. Now, here's the thing, and I'm told by multiple folks that this young man's considering and very may well likely reclassify to 2023, which makes a lot more sense for Arkansas hosting him on an official visit. He, he recently put out his top five. That includes the Razorbacks. He's already taken visits to Louisville, Creighton, and North Carolina. Uh, Arkansas being one that he's got scheduled. Alabama's another team in his top five that he, I'm told, has intentions to visit. And he may also take a visit to Kansas, I'm told. Um, so that's six teams and, and one more than the top five, and that would be Kansas being the extra team, which means one of those visits, and I don't recall which one, could not have been an official visit um, unless unless he's going to wait to take one of these visits to either Alabama um, or um, Kansas once he gets into his available visits later in the summer, uh, that would be available as a senior. Now, if he's going to, but he's taken most of these visits already, including Arkansas coming up. And if he's going to reclassify, it's more likely to me that he would make some kind of an announcement uh, in time to sign sometime during the spring and, and not take the rest of those visits. So I know that sounds a little confusing. 
I'm getting multiple, you know, I'm getting information that's a little bit conflicting. To me, if he takes all those intention, all those visits that he's maybe intending to take, that's going to take a while. Um, but if not, and he is going to reclassify, we could hear something pretty quickly, uh, not too long after his his trip to Arkansas. So those are things to keep an eye on with Trenton Flowers again, six eight combo guard uh, out of Combine Academy in North Carolina, and just uh, this weekend uh, in Arkansas, we were talking about the game against Florida. Arkansas had Pro Hogs in the house, but they also had three recruits. Class of 2025 National Number 17, Carryon Burgess from Benton, Arkansas. Uh, he's That was like, I think, his third visit to attend a game this season. Uh, but he was at Bud Walton Arena. Uh, and then you had a couple of players from the East Coast. You had Cam Ward, a 6'6", small forward wing, Class of 2025, National Number 55, a four-star player. Uh, he, he's from Maryland. He was in for an unofficial visit, uh, told me that the staff made him feel like they'd known him for years. And I thought that was an interesting quote. Uh, he came away very impressed with how he was treated and, and made to feel like he'd been part of the, you know, you know, been made to feel like he'd been part of the Razorback family, I guess, over time, uh, just on, on a quick visit. And then Arkansas also had a young man out of the Tampa, Florida area, um, and his name, Jesse Yoshi Nemo, another 6'6 wing. This one, class of 2024. His unofficial visit actually started on Friday, uh, but he was also attending the game with his family. So three recruits in the house. Yes, it does seem quiet. Uh, Randy, I agree with you. Uh, you know, Arkansas's recruiting was so busy last year with six high school players that they brought into that class. And it just seemed like it filled the calendar up with a break with some yeah, kind of did. news break daily. Well, a lot's yeah, going to depend on who comes back next year. We, we may not know that till the end of the year on how many scholarships they have or, or who they say, okay, we want you back or we don't want you back. Tell us this, Kevin. How can you in February, early February, how can you reclassify? How, how can you get enough courses to graduate when you're already at this point in your junior year? Yeah. Man, I'm getting a lot of chimes coming in here, and I can barely hear you guys. Um, So I I think if he's on course to graduate or if it would take minimal work uh, to to do that so that he could reclassify, then he could state that as an intention um, and, 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 and do that. It happens every year. It happens every year. A lot of players uh, do it this time, maybe a little later in the spring, sometimes in the summer, uh, in, in terms of when they talk about it and announce it. Um, but but it, it could be a situation where he's on a path to be able to do that, maybe not needing extra credits after this school year completes or having a, a fast track in summer work to get it done and get on campus. That's a lot. how a lot of these play out. Interesting. Amazing that they can do that at this date. That's just amazing. Yeah. I mean, so I'm not sure. I, <laughs> so how do they do it, Kevin? I, I, I tried to follow you. Do they take, like, summer courses? That way they can still start school in, in August or whenever it may be on time? I mean, they got to make up the hours somewhere in order to graduate, do they not? Well, a lot of them, it depends on how when they started getting – uh, course credits and how many of those are already applicable. 
a lot of high school seniors don't have a lot of work left to do. Some of them uh-huh. only go half a day and yeah. half a week. So it just depends on how much he's already got accomplished. That's true. And though it is February and he hasn't completed, technically hasn't completed the school year, if he's got a lot of credits already built up and just going to complete more of them here at the end of this semester, then they can easily do the math looking at it that way to see if he needs any more work, which he might be able to get quickly in summer courses. You know, if he does that, all his classmates are going to wonder where have all the flowers gone. <laughs> oh, never too late for a buzzer, Randy. No, I, I, I'm sorry, Kevin, you had to suffer through that one. All right, Kevin, we'll talk with you later on in the week. That is Kevin McPherson. Thanks, Kevin. Better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of hogville.net. Hour number three, straight ahead.